0: You're listening to Death of the Reader. Herd's in charge for this one, and I'm about to lay some facts on you here and now because we've come to number nine on our recommendation list for this year of Death of the Reader. This might be a contentious pick to have quite so far down the list, but I promise you, our decision to rank this murder mystery classic from the golden age of detective fiction in the bottom half is not based on anything truly objective, but rather the three holy principles of review season. These are... Number one, the novels are ordered in accordance with how easily we could recommend it to someone. It's why Murder on the Way by Theodore Roscoe is so far down, when I personally had a blast reading it. Number two, the book with the strongest mystery wins ties. If we figure that we might recommend a book about the same as another on the list, we will use the strength of the inherent mystery to ascribe them a position. And lastly, when all else fails us, we look at The lesson here, because if you get to the end of the book and you're asking yourself, but what was the lesson here? Then maybe you would have been better off reading something with a bit more substance and thought put into it. With all that reminded in ninth place we have and Knox, help me on this ranking. And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie, circa 1939, and one of, if not the best codifiers for the closed circle slash mansion slash impossible crime trifecta in the murder mystery space. The author's disrespect of women notwithstanding, Christie had an undeniable impact on the genre and is considered one of the four great queens of crime, along with her contemporaries, Naya Marsh, Dorothy L. Sayers and Marjorie Allingham. These authors, along with members of the Detection Club and beyond, turned the murder mystery from a ride-along journey to a game wherein fair play is king and the greatest triumph a reader can enjoy is to beat the author at their own game. It is into this mindset we must submerge ourselves to truly understand how Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None came to be and how its construction is held in such high regard to this day. Now, at the start of the novel, we spend a a couple of pages each getting to know the characters that will make the murder a bit more exciting and engaging, and quickly discover that many of them are garbage human beings, eight individuals are introduced as people of note, and there are two servants, Mr. and Mrs. Rogers, accompanying the crew. All ten of them together have been invited to a small island off the coast of Britain called Soldier Island, or maybe Indian Island, or was there another name for it that I can't quite put my finger on? It would seem that over the years, Christie's core set piece has been the island and the rhyme that accompanies that the characters stumble upon has been challenged for being just a bit too racist, a couple times, actually. Uh, and so currently we are on Soldier Island, named as such because the island apparently looks a bit like a soldier with a helmet on. Uh, and the rhyme, of course, is called Ten Little Soldiers. This rhyme, once the characters have all Manton exchange pleasantries is found decorated and displayed prominently on a central table in the kitchen. It is at this point that the brilliance of the Queen of Crime begins to unveil itself. As the guests are read a testament to their sins over loudspeaker, a man drops dead, and thus begins a devilishly deadly game of murder. Unlike most Golden Age mysteries, there is no true detective though some claim to be one over the course of the novel, it is soon clear that the murders are to follow the soldiers rhyme on the table. And so everyone begins to unravel mentally as the book goes on. The horror at the heart of this story comes as the survivors wrangle with two awful possibilities. Either there is a murderer hidden on the island, aside from the 10 of them, or one of them is a wolf in sheep's clothing. The psychology of the story is what really makes the characters shine as they grow more and more desperate with each passing hour, fearing everything, suspecting everyone, finding little in the way of clues and having nothing to save them. They must reveal their true colors in this battle of wits against the unseen killer. And today, this story still has a lot of elements that are compelling to a modern reader. You're placed into the shoes of these characters and many readers will be trying to figure out how they could survive just as if they were part of this morbid situation. To make a comparison that I don't think is too crass, Agatha Christie's And There Were None has a similar compelling nature to a zombie apocalypse film, not knowing who you could trust and who might become a zombie at any moment and march you right off the edge of this mortal coil. I think the only reason this fantastic stories and at the top of our list is that since its publication in 1939 there have been so many mysteries that have used its ideas as a springboard and as inspiration to go off into bold new directions a great example of this is the 2019 movie knives out directed by ryan johnson A modern take on these sorts of mansion murder mysteries that might be easier to dive into for a modern audience. Still, and then there were none, does hold up brilliantly. And I can completely recommend this to anyone looking for a head-scratcher, closed-circle mystery to really chew on. This is Death of the Reader, and I am, of course, your host, Herds, today. Check out the podcast on twisty.com for extra murder mystery content, and stay tuned for more of that criminal goodness. You're listening to Two CR Point Seven Point Three.